Blog Talk Radio.
episode of the Foundation here on High Frequency Radio Network. I'm your solo. And it's a pleasure to welcome you back. Choppy Choppy. The foundation where we understand incorrect information incorrectly applied can get you hurt. Correct information incorrectly applied can get you hurt. So we'll let's do correctly apply correct information. Uh, someone said I'm choppy, so I'm gonna switch up. Switch up. Again, I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Foundation here on High Frequency Radio Network. Uh, yeah, we I'm trying to get making sure I'm getting, I'm getting sounding right. But um, I want to say all thanks, praises, and honors to the Creator and the ancestors. Without them, we definitely would not be here. I want to say big up and peace to Big Brother. You spell his back. He's banging all over the network. And it's good to have him back on the network. You know, Big Brother used to tell salute. High Frequency Radio Network creator, obviously. Prophesied Solutions. SPC University. My man keeps working. He keeps working. He keeps working. So definitely want to shout out to Big Brother. We'll let y'all know. Welcome to thefoundation.com. If you want to sign up for the email list, check out the PDF section. On the Facebook and the Instagram, the Twitter, if you're into social media, you can book a consultation. You can also make a donation. All from the same spot. Welcome to thefoundation.com. I definitely want to say peace to all the listeners, all the live callers, all the live listeners, all the internet listeners, archive listeners, podcast listeners, MP3s being shared around. I want to say peace to y'all. Peace to all the trustees. All those investing in their private education, um, you know, the private trustees, foundation trustees, peace to y'all, peace to everybody who got in. Shout out to you. Peace to anyone I've done business with in the private, anyone who's sent an email, well wishes, or current event, as well as anyone who's otherwise added to the foundation. I trust y'all are doing well. I'm going to go ahead I'm going to jump right into the show I'm gonna, I want to get into these current events So we're just going to jump right into it I feel You know we got some stuff Some serious stuff going on Right now obviously We're going to start <clears throat> With uh, Bloomberg Bloomberg.com Pension World Reels from financial vandalism of falling yields. Something to pay attention to. A once unthinkable collapse in global bond yields is forcing pension funds to buy bonds that offer negative returns, putting the financial security of future retirees in jeopardy. 
I'm going to say that again. A once unthinkable collapse in global bond yields is forcing pension funds to buy bonds that offer negative returns. Putting the financial security of future retirees in jeopardy. U.S. institutions managing trillions of dollars in retirement savings, including the California Public Employees Retirement System, have been ratcheting down return expectations. Japan's Government Pension Investment Fund, the world's largest, has warned that money managers risk losses across asset classes. In Europe, pension funds may be forced to cut benefits in part thanks to the declining rates. Investors were already taking on more risk to make up for dwindling income elsewhere with some chasing less liquid markets like private debt. Now, negative yields on over a quarter of investment-grade bonds with more monetary easing to come are increasing the urgency for portfolio managers to find new sources of returns. I'm going to let that sink in for a second. All right, let's go. Fed officials warn consumer is alone in carrying United States economy. This is today, Bloomberg.com once again. Federal Reserve officials are weighing two competing forces in United States economy. First, the resilience of the consumer versus the fallout from uncertainty around trade disputes and a weaker global growth. The consumer is carrying all of the weight or much of the weight or growth going forward. Federal Reserve Bank of New York President John Williams told reporters today, After giving a speech in New York, he went on to say one thing, though, about consumer spending that you have to be careful about is it's not really a leading indicator, end quote. As threats from U.S.-China trade tensions have chilled business confidence and investment, consumers have been the main drivers of growth. There's weakness surfacing in manufacturing and concerns brewing in financial markets that the world economy may be heading toward recession. The theme was echoed later today by Dallas Fed Chief Robert Kaplan, who told an audience in Toronto that he was watching to see if weak macroeconomic data filter into consumer attitudes. Kaplan, who isn't a voter on the Federal Open Market Committee this year, said that if policymakers wait for consumer spending to weaken, It might be too late. The Fed cut interest rates by a quarter percentage point when they last met in July, citing slowing global growth, trade policy uncertainty, and muted inflation. They are expected to deliver another reduction when they next meet September 17th through the 18th. According to prices of federal funds futures contracts, so they're basically saying the market has priced in another drop. 
Um, Williams, the vice chair of the Federal Open Market Committee, is a key policymaker on the 17th Strong Committee of the U.S. Central Bankers, who are split on the need for more easing, according to recent public statements. He pointed to the effects of U.S. President Donald Trump's trade war with China, indicating it has cast a chill over the business community. Trump has repeatedly called for the Fed to cut rates, breaking with a quarter century of tradition in which the president typically refrained from commenting on Fed policy in the public. Trump acknowledged today that the clash with China has hurt the performance of the U.S. stock market, but said he had to confront that country's economic practices. He said, quote, if I wanted to do anything with China, our stock market, our stock market would be 10,000 points higher than it's right now, but somebody had to do this, Trump told reporters at the White House today. Consumers are alone and carry the United States economy. Moving forward, Bloomberg, Fed says most businesses are optimistic and consumer spending is mixed. Okay. U.S. economy grew at a modest pace through much of July and August, with companies remaining upbeat despite disruption caused by international trade disputes, a Federal Reserve survey found. Although concerns regarding tariffs and trade policy uncertainty continued, the majority of businesses remained optimistic about the near-term outlook. Auto sales grew modestly, and tourism was generally solid. Overall, manufacturing was down slightly, while housing sales remained constrained. And transportation activity, which includes trucking, softened. Some districts attributed to slowing global demand and heightened trade tensions. Consumer spending is mixed, but the consumer alone is holding up the economy. Meanwhile, Bloomberg, and this is last for Bloomberg. I know we're going straight with Bloomberg today. They had it popping. Uh, Why Apple is borrowing $7 billion while sitting on a $200 billion cash pile. Apple Incorporated I'm sorry, Apple Incorporated, one of the most cash-rich companies in the world, is still looking to get a piece of the ultra-treat money that's up for grabs in the bond market. With with investment-grade bond yields hovering near record lows, it's tempting even for Apple, with more than $200 billion of cash and investment securities on its books, to see what investors will lend it. Turns out that number is $7 billion, or just over 3% of its current uh, market share, not market share, I'm sorry, of his current cash pile. With the 30-year treasury at record lows, many companies have been able to borrow more cheaply for much longer. Apple will pay around 2.99% interest on its new 30-year bonds. Compared with 3.45%, it's paying on three-decade bonds it sold in 2015. On a $1.5 billion issue, that equates to savings of nearly $7 million of interest annually. That's just interest, or more than $200 million over the course of three decades. Uh-oh, so they handed out, they're trying to hand out, uh, they're trying to hand out uh, loans to these businesses and stuff. Individual, you know, funding is kind of drying up a little bit, right? Would you say? 
I'll say businesses, are, you know, they're doing all right, doing all right. Reuters, big investment banks have worst start to year since 2006. Wow. The world's largest investment banks have had their worst start to a year since 2006, according to the latest data published by Industry Analyst Coalition. In the first six months of 2019, investment banks reported revenues of $76.8 billion, down 11% on the year, and the lowest first-half performance for 13 years. Revenues fell across the board with the deepest decline in equities trading down 17% to $22.1 billion. Fixed income, currencies, and commodities revenues fell 9%, while investment bank advisory was down 8%. The bank's profitability also also suffered with operating margins margins sliding 500 basis points to 31%, the lowest level for four years. Several major banks have cut jobs in their investment banking divisions in response to weak results, including Deutsche Bank, HSBC, Societe Generale, and Citigroup. Deutsche Bank plans to make the deepest cuts after announcing 18,000 job cuts. With the bulk of those cuts being an investment banking. Yikes. Equities advanced U.S. Treasury yield curve steepens on easing geopolitical fears. That's on Reuters, and we're going to keep moving. U.S. imposing duties on structural steel from China and Mexico. The U.S. Commerce Department said today it imposed duties on Chinese and Mexican structural steel after making a preliminary determination that producers in both countries had dumped fabricated structural steel on the U.S. market at prices below fair market value. The department said it imposed duties on up to 141% on Chinese structural steel. Look, man. If it's $100, man, you're going to be paying $241. And 31% on Mexican structural steel. 141% on the Chinese, 31% on the Mexican. And they will be collecting cash deposits for imports based on those rates. Commerce said it had found that it, commerce, okay, the Commerce Department, okay. The Commerce said it had found that imports of Canadian fabricated structural steel did not violate U.S. anti-dumping laws. Most Chinese steel products have largely largely been been excluded from the U.S. market by prior Commerce Department anti-dumping duties and President Donald Trump's 25% punitive tariffs. The latest order seeks to prevent Chinese downstream structural steel assemblies from skirting those duties and entering the United States. Commerce found that one Chinese producer, Modern Heavy Industries, did not dump products in the United States, but it imposed dumping rates of 62% on Weissen, heavy industry company, and up to 141% on other Chinese fabricators. The department is scheduled to release the final anti-dumping duties and fabricated structural steel investigation on or about January 24, 2020. Wow. In 2018, U.S. imports of fabricated structural steel were valued at $722.5 million in Canada, $897.5 million from China, $622.4 million from Mexico.
No, I don't know what that means. What does that mean? What does that mean to you know developers and builders, commercial builders specifically? It's still going to get more expensive. It's going to get prohibitively expensive. I guess we'll just have to wait to see. Still on Reuters. Got a couple more. We're out here. U.S. economy growing modestly as trade war dents activity. United States economy grew at a modest pace in recent weeks. <laughs> man, they're only going back weeks nowadays, man, so they can have some good news. With manufacturing buffeted by global slowdown, while consumer purchases gave mixed signals on the strength of household spending. Mm. So the Fed says the United States consumer is carrying the economy pretty much. But the numbers are saying household spending is mixed. The ongoing U.S.-China trade war loomed prominently in the United States. The United States Central Bank's latest beige book compendium of anecdotes from companies around the country with several of its districts reporting the conflict was weighing on business. The report released ahead of the Fed's September 17th to 18th policy meeting when central bankers are widely expected to cut interest rates to counter the economic slowdown suggested that U.S. businesses do not expect a recession soon. Although concerns regarding tariffs and trade policy uncertainty continue, the majority of businesses remain optimistic about the near-term look. This is according to the Fed report. Y'all got to understand, what does this matter? Businesses are interested in, number one, paying the shareholders. And the shareholders want to squeeze every penny they can out of the businesses. So as long as the shareholders are, are optimistic that they can continue to get profits for at least the next quarter or two, they're going to rock with it. And that's what the businesses are saying. Like, oh, the businesses look optimistic. Nah, man. Sure, the businesses do, but that's overall coming from the shareholders, man. I mean, that's how they work, man. All right, let's get into the, to the hot the hot potato. <clears throat> I found this very interesting. Reuters exclusive. Fake branded bars slip dirty gold into world markets. I'm going to say that again because it's kind of weird, man, how they, how they worded that. Fake branded bars slip dirty gold into world markets. So it's real gold. It's just the brands on them are fake. Check, check, peep the move and try to think in your mind, why would this information be being put out there? Are there countries that are recalling their gold from different holders? You know what I'm saying? Like, our country's asking for their gold back. A lot of them are, right? If you look into it. So they they out here saying, okay, well, yo, there's fake brand, branded bars out here, though, that, that slipped into the world markets, basically putting you on notice that you might get a bar of gold that's real. It's real gold. It's just the brand ain't, you know, if it says, you know, Credit Suisse on it or whatever, yeah, that might not be. Might not be the real brand. Let's get into it. A forgery crisis is quietly roiling the world's gold industry. Gold bars fraudulently, I'm sorry, fraudulently, man, I almost couldn't say that, stamped with the logos of major refineries are being inserted into the global market to launder smuggled or illegal gold. Refining and banking executives tell Reuters the fakes are hard to detect making them an, an ideal fund runner for narcotics dealers or warlords. 
In the last three years, bars worth at least $50 million stamped with Swiss refinery logos but not actually produced by those facilities have been identified by all four of Switzerland's leading gold refiners and found in the vaults of, check this out, J.P. Morgan Chase and one of the major banks at the heart of the market in bullion, said senior executives at gold refineries, banks, and other industry sources. They only said J.P. Morgan Chase. Because they got some explaining to do over that over that, that ship that they found with all that cocaine on, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, if, if we got to pay you, you might be getting bars and stamp with Credit Suisse, but it ain't really refined by them, but it's still real gold. But, you know, it's it's the drug runners. It's the warlords. It's not our fault. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe I'm cynical, but this is how I'm looking at it. Four of the executives said at least 1,000 of the bars of a standard size, known as a kilo bar for their weight, have been found. So their standard size, you know, that is a small share of output from the gold industry, which produces roughly 2 million to 2.5 million such bars each year. So 1,000 is nothing. It's a small number. Don't worry about it. But the forgeries are sophisticated, so thousands more may have gone undetected, according to the head of Switzerland's biggest refinery. Quote, the latest fake bars are highly professionally done. End quote, said Michael Maseric, the chief executive of refinery at Valcambi. Um, they make gold bars and fractionals. I recognize that name. He said maybe a couple of thousand have been found, but the likelihood that there is way, way, way more still in circulation and it still exists and it still works. Fake gold bars, blocks of cheaper metal plated with gold <laughs> are relatively common in the gold industry and often easy to detect. The counterfeits in these cases are more subtle. The gold is real and very high purity, with only the markings being fake. Fake branded bars are a relatively new way to flout global measures to block conflict, conflict minerals and prevent money laundering. Such forgeries pose a problem for international refiners, financiers, and regulators as they attempt to purge the world of illicit trade in bullion. High gold prices have triggered a boom in the informal and illegal mining system in the 2000s. Without the stamp of a prestigious refinery, such gold will be forced into underground networks or priced at a discount by pirating Swiss and other major brands, metal, that has been mined or processed in places that would not otherwise be legal or accept- acceptable in the West, for example, in parts of Africa, Africa, Venezuela, or North Korea, can be injected into the market, channeling funds to criminals or regimes that are sanctioned. Man, you know, I mean, this is a long article. I went to college, man. I mean, not, you know, not that, you know, just you got to go to college to be able to recognize stuff. But I mean, even before I went to college, man, when I was learning writing in different ways to write, this is a persuasive article. This isn't inform- informational. I mean, they got information in it. But the reason they wrote this article, this is a persuasive article. Sure, sure, sure. We believe you. It's the cartels. It's the warlords. Fine, fine, fine. CNBC, gold studies near multi-year peak as U.S. yields slip. 
Gold today steadied near its highest in over six years as focus returned to economic woes with 10-year Treasury U.S. uh, bonds, slumping to a three-year low while a slight improvement in risk sentiment slowed bullion's advance. Gold can move a bit higher. A big driving macro force is the decline in global yields, which seems to be spreading when you have gold, at least you can get your money back if prices change. If you buy sovereign bonds, you won't get your money back. This is Edward Meir, analyst at INTLFS Stone. I'm sorry, FC Stone. U.S. Treasury yields fell as, a, as the benchmark 10-year yield hit its lowest since July 2016. Here's that 2016 year again. After U.S. manufacturing data showed the first contraction since 2016, no worries about the weakening global economy and U.S. trade tensions and CNBC gold silver surge after weak U.S. data compound slowdown fears. Gold rose more than 1%. Silver followed gold's rally to jump 3.3% while breaching the $19 mark for the first time since October 2016 at $19.07 an ounce. So y'all, you know, as these things fall apart, as these things get weird, you know, as I like to say, man, you know, stuff gets weird. You're going to see more and more that real assets, tangible assets, are going to you know, bear the brunt of the, the movement into safe haven assets. Let's just be real. Y'all trying to get your hands off gold as it begins to climb and, you know, has the potential in certain, you know, amounts to get out of reach, you know, financially. Get your hands on care bars, man. Very, very small amounts, man. Email me if you're looking to get get involved in care bars, man. I'm not selling them. Just tell them. But that's the end of the current events, y'all. You know, appreciate y'all. I got a feeling tonight, y'all. Welcome to the foundation. I want to talk about this public lockdown. And I also want to talk about the economics of slavery, man. And, you know, how we can recognize our current position. And, you know, in order to recognize, you know, enabling us to do something about this position that we, you know, we recognize and identify. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not attempting to make anyone feel a certain way with the content of the show. Not, you know, trying to um, make anyone feel, you know, like you messed up or you're not worthy or anything like that. You know, um, some of us have, you know, opportunities and things that we can do. And then, you know, some of us are already doing these things. So, you know. With that being said, I mean, I want to jump into the show, but you know, look, let's let's kind of like build some caveats right now, okay? Because this is kind of like a double show, and I I haven't really ever done one um, before. Right? I really had like multiple topics, and so the the, the public lockdown and the economics of slavery don't necessarily correlate with each other. Besides the fact that the public lockdown is an overt attempt to reinforce the economic slavery as I see it 
Um, and that's just me. That's just my opinion. And I, you know, very well could be wrong. And I hope I am. But I don't, I don't think I am. I really don't. What I see is, you know, as this system begins to really, really crack and break down, it's going to begin to cannibalize itself. And it's going to be begin to ca- cannibalize its citizens. And in order to cannibalize one's citizens, you know, they need to stand or sit still or lay still. You can't, you know, eat your prey if it's, you know, running. You know, it's pretty, it's pretty hard to do such a thing. So the public lockdown and the economics of slavery kind of are related, but overall maybe they're not. But I think I feel like they're related. So that's why I wanted to throw them in here. I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm just trying to, you know, speak on, you know, the way I see certain things. Now, what do I mean by the public lockdown? The public is, is locking down in the way that, how I see it, ways in which one can become free are being mm, obfuscated. It's probably the best word that can come to mind. They can't uh, generally completely close off ways for people to get free, but um, they can close off certain ways and make other ways very, very small and hard to navigate. And that's what I see happen. Big thing, when they, on May 13th, the IRS no longer allowed you to use an EIN to obtain an EIN. In other words, you used to be able to, if you had a company or you knew someone who had a company and they had an employer identification number for that company, used to be able to use that employer identification number to get another employer identification number, even if it's an LLC or a corporation or a trust. It didn't matter. Now, you can't do that. Now, you have to submit a Social Security number. That's, that's a perfect example of how the public is locking down. And when I mean the public, I'm obviously talking about the United States and all of its insular possessions and ancillary you know, uh, tentacles, any place that you walk by or drive by and they're flying a United States flag, that is the United States or is claiming the United States, a fort or insular possession in the United States, hands down. Hands down. So the obtaining of an EIN, they want to make it more difficult. They want to make it, they want to be able to track who is in control, who is the responsible party. We don't want another entity. We don't want another corporation. Y'all are pretty much figuring out how to be private. They're figuring it out is really what's going on. And I feel like it's part partially due to panic, you know, um, but also just due to, hey, man, this is how it is. Uh, I feel like they're waking up, and right now you see, you know, oh, the bond market, the stock market, blah, blah, blah. But they're raising the prices of gold. They already inflated the prices of property. They're raising the prices of silver. And if you look at the price of silver, we all, maybe you don't know. I was going to say we all know. That's not the price of silver. If you look at, you know, the, the price of silver on like for the stock market or whatever. That's that's not silver. That's, that's, those are shares or 
uh, units in a trust. Same thing with the gold price. If you look at the price of gold, they call it spot price. It's not, man. Gold, GLD, that's a trust. Silver, SLV, that's a trust. And there's shares in the trust. It's not actually, you know, either way, man. That they, they, they did that on purpose, and they're able to control the paper price of gold and silver and other precious metals through, I'm sorry, the, the, the physical price is being, the physical price of precious metals, gold and silver and whatnot, is being controlled by the paper price of certain particular shares of trusts in gold and silver. You don't believe what I'm saying? Look it up. Go look it up. Do your research, man. Just do your research. I'm saying, like, please don't believe what I'm saying. Go check it out. Because if you go check it out, you're going to be good. You will see it. But that stuff, that stuff is, they're, they're raising the prices and stuff. They're locking it down. You can't, hey, oh, y'all figured out gold was important and silver is important. All right, well, we're just going to raise the prices down. Holler at that. We know what it is. They know what it is. I'm telling you, they know what it is. And not on some old be spooky, but on some real, you know, they know what it is. This stuff has been figured out. Um, and I'm gonna explain that through this through this, you know, through this show. I'm gonna explain how it's been figured out. I'm gonna explain how it's been laid out. I'm gonna explain how we slaves. Straight up. In the in the best way for the masters, quote the mass. And I'm talking about we talking economics, okay? Economics, which is one of the main subjects that we are ignorant in. Let's be honest, is economics. We are mainly ignorant when it comes to economics and finance because it's not taught in public school. And they teach they teach school they put us through school in a certain way that when we're done with mandatory school we're we're done learning pretty much. We're turned off from learning, at least in that in that style, in that way. We hear the word learning, we're like, nigga, I already did that. I'm good. I did that in my half my whole life. So I'm, I'm we're gonna go through that, but let me, let me back up a little bit. So they locked it down May 13th. You can no longer use an EIN to obtain an EIN on the IRS website. You now have to use a social security number or an individual taxpayer identification number. And those are issued to individuals who are not eligible to receive the social security number. I'm not giving you legal advice. I'm not a lawyer. It's educational and informational purposes only. I expect you to go research what I'm saying. I expect you to go look it, look it up. I expect you to be, you know, your own instructor. I'm saying, like, why not? So <laughs> they locked that down. Can't do that anymore. I told y'all what was happening. I feel like most, I feel like half of the people who heard what I was saying didn't understand what I was saying, which is my fault. And I apologize for that. If people were like, oh, you can't get, man, you can still, okay, oh, number two, number two, up and down the board, you know, um, had an influx of trustees, you know, because we, we no longer accept trustees on the foundation. Uh, Man, you have got me bugged out about that, though. But, but, yeah, so influx, and then, you know, we got trustees trying to get their EINs. We got other trustees who are looking to, you know, 
obtaining EIN without obtaining EIN from the most private position as possible, and you know, uh, obtaining obtain these foreign EINs for the trust, and the situation with obtaining these EINs by calling the Philadelphia campus and obtaining these EINs, these nine eight numbers or whatever, they're locking that down too. And my man was telling me today, and I was having problems with my connection or something. One of the trustees was telling me today that they have security questions now. They're asking specific questions that they were no longer they weren't asking before. They're locking down. They know what's going on. I apologize because I've been stepping on toes for years, pancake and toes, really, and I've been doing it on purpose. I've been stepping on toes for years, especially when it comes to, you know, the public recognizing the private and how to make certain moves and do your dance. I've really been stepping on toes. And I feel like, I, you know, it, part of it has to do with me, too, and, you know, how the foundation puts out information and pancakes toes. I think maybe there was – I feel like I'm responsible for an influx of – People, you know, doing certain stuff and maybe not knowing exactly what they're doing or trying to do it a certain way and not totally understanding. And, you know, that stuff messes it up for everybody. It really does. And, you know, if if, if I am a part of that, you know, I, I'll take my medicine. Let's just be honest. I'm going to be honest. I'll take my medicine with regard to that. But it is what it is, and this is what we're dealing with right now. So this is what I'm saying. They're locking it down. They're locking the public down in a lot of ways when it comes to banking, when it comes to how much, how much, who, how about this? When it comes to who can deposit money into your account, they have your, they go put some money in my account. They're going to call you tell you they can't. Tomorrow, you need to be there and stuff like that. I'm serious. A lot of different stuff is going on. What's going on? Bottom line is, we got the economy is on its last legs. Um, people say it's going to be the end of the world. I say it's going to be the end of the world as we know it. Um, there will be a different way of life and whatnot that we're going to have to get accustomed to. Is it going to be all bad? I don't know. I do know this. The de-evolution of the population is real. Every time I step outside my home or my office and I have to drive in traffic or or be in public, you know, a, a cooperative purchasing food or whatnot, man, I deal with these people in the public, and these people are animals, man. They're animals that they consider it. They, they're arguing, they're yelling at each other. They're angry. Like, man, I'm at the department store, man. You know, grabbing some uh, May- Macy's, man. Like, come on, man. It's supposed to be, you know, I mean, it's not Nordstrom or nothing, but it's Macy's. You know, I'm bring, buying some uh, some school clothes, you know, for, for the little ones, right? Man, well, these people are sad. They're sloppy. It's, it's, yeah. And it's, you know, people, it's, it's, look, it's, it's really, it's, you know, who knows, man? Who, who knows? But, uh, you know, every day, and I know you 
probably feel it. Matter of fact, I know you feel it. Every day you feel like you're more and more alone. Like there's less and less people like us. You know what I mean? Like I have to say certain things. One of the coldest things I ever read was the 48 Laws of Power where it says one of the main, one of the laws is um, think how you think but speak like everybody else. And on this level, y'all know, man. Go ahead. Get, run out there. I'm sure you learn. Run out there. Get to talking about what you know and what you learn and stuff. See how people look at you. You see it? I know you see it. So you got to you, you think how you think, but you got to speak like everybody else. And even you, you be in traffic, you be cutting people off, you be giving people a finger and stuff. Like, come on, man. Let's just be honest. Even some of us are animals. Even, even, even at times, I'm an animal. And I, and I feel shame when I calm down and get my emotions under control. But as this thing locks down, as the economy breaks down, as this stuff goes, it's going to get deeper and deeper. And they want to be able to control you. They want to, you know, establish these minimum contacts. They're, they're looking to do this cashless society. They need you dependent on the system. They're trying to ensure that everyone, every everyone that they can get their hands on figuratively is as dependent on the system as possible because those who slip out are going to, you know, if they can get it on their own and, you know, make some communities or, you know, don't do whatever, they're not going to be dependent on the system and they're going to, you know, amass large amounts of wealth and stuff like that. And who knows? But that's that's the reason behind it. But it's been happening for a long time, and it's it's, it's basically socialism. It's um, the idea that um, someone else works, and then there's people who don't work, but they still get the benefits of those who do work. I don't know how you feel about that, but basically, from what I understand, that's the concept of socialism. And this has been put into play for a long time. So let's start from the beginning, if you don't mind. Obviously, I'm sure a lot of you have heard of um, Rothschild, Sir Amsher Rothschild was the father, the patriarch. He had four or five sons. I can't remember at the time. He sent each one of his sons to different countries for each one of them to start banks and start lending money, fractional reserving. Um, sorry, fractional reserve banking. And, you know, through a few generations, this specific family took over banking and finance, or so is taught. Other families, there are other families that took over other things. J.P. Morgan um, took over certain things. Um, Rockefeller is another family that created specific sectors. Sectors, we'll just call sectors of industry, production, construction, uh, mining, but let's just talk steel and oil. Created steel and oil industry. Not only did they create the product, but they created demand and showed that the product was, you know, necessary for production of large skyscrapers. Now we can build skyscrapers with this, with this, you know, this new product. So it's a benefit, obviously, but it's a sector of what is now known as, or we understand as an economy, the steel industry. 
right? The oil industry, right? The banking industry, right? The insurance industry. If you look back far enough, there are families ultimately that run all of the different industries and sectors of the economies all over the world. Do your research, do your research, do your research. Socialism works in a bubble, and that bubble is called the slaves. That's the only place it works. These elite families are not playing on the same game, field, level, plane, as we are. Let's just be honest. So with the creation of these industries, of course, these are large industries. This is these you're talking about international bankers and financiers and um entrepreneurs and um industry heads and so on and so forth. Right? So you're not your family can only do so much. And I'm only gonna work my family so hard. Matter of fact, after a while, my family's not working. Someone else's family's working. So if I want something, I just need to find someone who will work for what I want. We want to be wealthy. We want to be industrious. We want to control these industries and these sectors of the economy. How do we do this? In creating these industries, we created positions to be filled by workers. Follow what I'm saying? Workers. Human resources. Straight up, just how cows and mules are used to till the field. You need workers and individuals to work in these sectors of the economy, in these industries, for the benefit of this private families and their estates, for that specific benefit. And in order for all the workers to be on a uniform level, they ju- they got together and they figured out that they're going to create a uniform system of education throughout the entire world, but specifically let's focus on the United States first. And Rockefeller, they created industries. This family, this name, it has a lot of money. Rockefeller is credited with giving over 70% of his wealth to charities, man. And they were charities that he set up and he created. Rockefeller, heavily endowed, Spelman Seminary College, and helped them through endowments, through money, through grants, to preserve the college's single sex status. Look it up. And the college later renamed the college Spelman. Well, it was like the Atlanta Seminary College or something. They renamed the college Spelman College in honor of the Rockefellers because Spelman was Rockefeller's wife's maiden name. His wife's family name was Spelman. Look it up. This is a historically so-called black college. Look it up. 
Same thing with the you know the other main historically black college. That was his wife. I'm sorry. That was his pastor, business partner, and good friend's last name Morehouse Rockefeller. That was his homie. That was his homie's last name. Hey man, I I really like you, man. You've been down for me for a long time. We do this. You know what? I'm gonna name a school after you, after your last name. That's how you know. I mean, that's how they're doing it on that type of level, yo. And through the General Education Board, which later became the Board of Education, Rockefeller heavily endowed the education, the, the public educational system. So we got to understand, like. Even from day one, since we started going to school, this educational system was built by wealthy families, man, for one purpose, to fund their industries that their family owns with human resources or human capital. Man, look, shout out to, you know, the brother, you know, who sent me the email. Because, man, you was right. And it's not that I don't know this. I'm just trying to be, you know, realistic for the people right now. Um, I'm going to respond to your email. And if you want, you can come on the show, you know, uh, come on the foundation. Let's chop it up. Because you're right. The most valuable resource on this planet is humans. But that's for now. This automation, this this um, uh, artificial intelligence stuff, man, this stuff is coming real quick. And the only thing that's constant is change. So that may be true now, but, I mean, how long is that going to stay relevant? But for now, these industries and these sectors are heavily, heavily dependent on human labor. And that's what these educational systems, the school, from kindergarten, preschool, all the way to college, unless you hit some elite level, you know what I'm saying, uh, was it valedictorian? You start popping off and doing some real elite stuff, and then you get, you know, you get an offer. And even still, you're a slave. You get a public designation. I'm a professor. I'm a doctor. I have my MBA. My blah blah blah. All these designations that can be taken away. And through that designation, you act in a public capacity, which you don't really understand. And in that public capacity, you grant jurisdiction to the public. And they're taxing the mess out of you. Talked to a client today. They said, I get, I get money. When I get a check, because, you know, I don't, I don't work. I'm, I'm entrepreneur. When I get this paper, I'll be doing my houses or whatever. I get a check. I'm, I'm about to get like 10 Gs, you know, next week or something. I'm like, that's what's up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to take three G's, put it to the side for taxes. I'm going to take three G's, put it in my savings, and I'm going to have four G's to work with. Like, dang. The three G's in savings, I like that. I like that. And three G's for taxes? What the flying what? Because we don't know. We just don't know. We weren't educated. Remember, hey, you remember finance class in high school? Remember that? Remember finance class? Remember that when they were teaching us how to write 
right out, you know, uh, do the check register, and they taught us what interest rate is. And they, yeah, right, because I didn't go either. There wasn't one. That's not the point. If you sit back and look at the educational system, that's not the point. It's not the point. You sit here and complain, oh, we're not learning, blah, blah, blah. Can you go get a job and do the job? You follow directions? Congratulations. You can, you can say thank you to your, your public school system. Or how about the Progressive Education Association, which was heavily endowed by Rockefeller, whose main uh, contributor, John Dewey, who was, I think he was a professor at like Chicago, uh, college from Chicago, uh, uh, dope, uh, really prestigious college in Chicago. He may have been a professor at Columbia Teachers College. I'm not sure. I can't remember exactly. Look him up, John Dewey. And I ain't talking Dewey Decimal System. He was a part of the PEA who made it publicly known that they felt and had done research and had determined that the bulk of the population was biologically childlike and required lifelong care. I, I say this and people laugh like, ah, like it's funny. It's not a joke, man. Like that's, people really look at you and think you're, you're, you're genetically inferior to them and you're biologically childlike. That's why they didn't teach you finance family. They didn't teach you the difference between appreciating assets and depreciating assets. I do Robert Kiyosaki made millions off a book that was really, honestly, it could have been written better. But the principles that he taught between a depreciating and an appreciating asset and then a couple other principles blew people's mind and was the number one bestseller. Like, come on, man. He didn't teach you really how to do anything. He just taught you the difference between things, for real, for real. Helped you think different. People are like, they want to say, oh, the public educational system, public educational system, shake my fist at the public educational system. Like, you got to understand, what is, what is the overall function of the public educational system? to create um, so-called educated individuals that can then go out and apply for jobs within certain sectors and industries to convert their energy, their life force that they'll never get back in return for pieces of paper, intangible pieces of paper with no intrinsic value. You see, gold is the currency of kings and queens. Gold is the currency of queens and kings. Silver is the currency of of ladies and gentlemen. Barter is the currency of the free or the people. And debt is the currency of the slaves. But we don't even know we slaves. We swear we free. We swear we can do whatever we want, but we can't. We just don't want to see that we can't. I'm going to say it again. Gold is the currency of queens and kings. Silver is the currency of the nobles. Let's just be honest, the, lo- the nobles. 
Barter is the currency of the free people. Debt is the currency of the slaves. Look at a dollar bill, $100 bill, I don't care what it says. Doesn't it say this note, legal tender? So now you know they're talking legalese. Look up the definition of a note in a law dictionary. And what is a note? It's a promise to pay. What is a promise? A promise is a debt. If I promise you something, I owe you. Owing is debt. Right? Think about it. Specific industry sectors, human resources, human resources. You go on the human resources. Oh, you make a human. I got to go talk to human resources. You never sat there and thought about the two words together, put together human resources. They have a specific entire, depending on your country, uh, company, they have an entire division devoted to human resources. We don't we don't think about this. It's, it's right it's right in front of our face. We don't think about it. I don't think I mean okay, so let's let's get into the slavery. Slave owners. According to what we are told, what we are taught with regards to slavery contemporarily within, you know, this uh this paradigm known as Western Civilization We were taught that Slave owners Owned their slaves outright Owned them, they were property Property. You gotta take care of your property So they had to provide the slave quarters The slave owners did The slave owners had to provide the clothes or the fa- at least the fabric for the clothes for the slaves, and then you know the tools for for other slaves to create the the, the clothes for the other slaves. At, at at best, worst case scenario, they they making the slaves go into town and buy clothes for the other slaves. Okay, so you're providing the food. You got to feed the food the slaves. The the rooter from from the rooter to the tutor, pig feet, chitterlings. You know what I'm saying? Intestines, pig snout, all the, the the parts of the animals the slave owners didn't want was thrown to the slaves. He still got to feed them, though. If they get hurt, you got to pay for the doctor to come through because it's a human resource. This This slave represents money. You, you're a business owner. Don't worry about them calling you a slave master and they're picking, they're over there yelling over. Don't worry about them. They don't understand you. You're a business owner. You're a slave master. You have all these costs that you incur. With regards to the maintenance of your human resources, your property, shelter, clothing, food, all this stuff, right? Look at look at it now. Isn't it great for slave owners now? What do we pay for now? The slaves pay for their own education through student loans. Slave master ain't got to do it no more. You, slave master ain't got to teach. Slave master now hires other slaves to teach the slaves. But the slaves who teach the slaves are on a higher rung of the slave ladder. 
Because we threw we threw some letters behind you, some alphabets behind your name. Gave you some prestige. We can take them away, but we threw some alphabets behind your name. And, and not to be dismissive, you learn some stuff. You learn, you know, some things that these other slaves don't know. So you can teach the slaves, but you can only teach them what we taught you. So slaves go to school, take out student loans and whatnot, and pay back those loans for over half their life most of the time. It's on the slave now. Slave pays for it. Slave pays for any type of travel. Here's the thing I want to talk, touch on this. When you get up and you get dressed, right, and you, you take a shower, and you wash your face, you know what I'm saying, you, get out, you brush your teeth, and you put on the lotion, you know, the cocoa, cocoa butter, whatever you put on, you know what I'm saying, throw on, you know, a little dapper, the perfume, or whatever you do. And you jump in your whip to drive to work. Why aren't you paid for the time once you leave your house? Because it's not economical for the slave owner. To pay you They can tell you hey you only get paid When you punch in What about the whole, all the time That I spent outside of my house On my way here Nah 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 Nope it, it takes It takes my life it takes time For me to get here before I punch in Are you saying that my life isn't valuable While I'm on my way here and you were not going to compensate. I always wondered about that. It, it always bothered me if I ever was working. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, so travel, all that travel time, that's on you. Your food, that's on you. And the thing of it is, slave owner, we're going to issue you some debt notes. And the slave owner, our company, we get write-offs for the slave notes. We get tax benefits. So that portion of the notes that we issue to the slaves, we don't, we're not responsible to pay any taxes on any of the slave wages. The slaves pay the taxes on their wages. And after they pay the taxes, they got to pay for their education. They got to pay for their travel. They got to pay for their own food. We no longer buy their food. Clothes, we no longer buy their clothes. They have to pay for their own clothes. If they're smart, they may try to buy their clothes in a jurisdiction with no tax on clothes, but it doesn't matter because we taxed their wages before they got it. So they're not, whatever, if they, whatever, any other taxes extra. So they got to buy their own clothes now. We're not buying their clothes. Health care. They got to pay for their own health care. But, you know, Obamacare makes a lot of them feel like they don't have to pay for their own health care. But it's just the higher earning slaves. It's not the rich. The rich know how to do their taxes, so they're not paying taxes. It's the high earning slaves who think they're rich or may appear to be rich to the other slaves who are poverty stricken who are actually paying for their health care. And eventually they're going to be bankrupt. We can't do it anymore, so let's pass it on. Them healthcare, they're paying for their own healthcare. Biggest thing, they're paying for their own living. We they only have to live on our property anymore. They can go find, go live where they want as long as however far they live from their job is on them. We don't pay for the travel time, but they pay their own rent, they pay their own mortgage. We don't pay for that. They're not staying on our, we don't have to look at them anymore. 
Right on the property. They pay for their own entertainment, of course. You know, even Rome, they have the Coliseum, but they, you know, Rome and the Coliseum, they, you can get in for free. They let you, they let you walk in. Here, they make you pay for the stuff. You got to pay to get in and watch the game. The corporations used to pay for people's retirements. Like, okay, you work for this company your whole life. The company will take care of you in your old age. Not, no, no, not no more. We're gonna. They put that responsibility on the slaves now. And say, oh, we're gonna give you this 401k. It's gonna be diversified in multiple mutual funds and stock options and so on and so. In the stock market, basically. So your 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 retirement is predicated upon how well the stock market does. Not not about our company. Our company could do great. Don't 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 look at us. Don't look at the company. Look at the stock market. Look at the economy. Look at the trade wars. Don't look at the man behind the curtain. It's the stocks. We lost money too. We oh my God, we're we're all the same. Ouch. I can see it. Can you see it? Can you, can you see what I'm saying? You got to apply for a passport. If you want to leave the country, we want to know everywhere you go. We're going to let you, your passport is going to be stamped. We're cracking down on cash and stuff like that. We want to know where, where your money is, where you got it from, who gave it to you, what you're doing with it. Wasn't gold outlawed? Didn't they outlaw? They outlawed gold. They told you you can't even have gold. And then they, they said you could. Now, now you can't. But I, we might take it. We might take it. We're being cool right now. But we might take it. And people turned around and went and brought the gold to their government. Like, for real, people did that. For real, I can't believe it. I'm flabbergasted. I mean, there's hella people who probably straight up didn't go along with it. But they don't, you know. The history books don't really talk about these people. And if they do, they vilify them. But ultimately, they want to talk about all the people who, all the slaves who willingly turned in their money, man, their money. And when they want, you know, they wanted to manipulate the currency, they started introducing notes that looked just like silver certificates and gold certificates, but they were Federal Reserve notes. They were promises. They put the promises out there with the real notes, the real certificates, my bad. If you ask me, no, maybe even the certificates, the certificates gave them an idea. That's what happened. Definitely gave them an idea. And they kept the gold, man. They kept the gold. And they kept the silver. And they put out paper, man. And they introduced this debt system. And we fell for it, yo. Straight up fell for it. And, you know, 
I'm not saying this, you know, to make anyone feel a certain way. I'm not saying this to make make uh make it seem like I'm on a different level. I'm, we we all in the same boat, man. We're all in the same boat. But if we if we can recognize it, if we can see it, then it's cool. Biggest thing I want to say is, you know, y'all know I, I wax poetic about trust, man. It's because a trust is a legal person. And a trust properly executed is a contract, man. And if you do it right, it, it doesn't have any minimum contacts with the state, with the government, none of that. It's actual foreign entity, non-resident alien. Let's just be honest. You look at y'all looking for the non-resident alien? It's a contract trust, man. And then step into the fiduciary capacity of trustee under contract. You're contractually bound to be a trustee. And you're executing a contract, which is a trust. And no state can pass any law impairing the obligation of contract. That's like the biggest jewel that I freely say, and I feel like it goes over so many people's heads because so many want to be sovereign. And so many want to be, I want to be a moor, you know, and all this stuff. And you don't understand what it means. And you're not properly executing. You're not properly noticing people and agencies and all this other stuff. And you're wasting your time because you're a slave. That's why you're a tenant on your deed. Look at your deed. Warranty, deed, deed of trust, don't matter. Look at it. It says you're a tenant. If you and your wife or you and your husband on it, it says, uh, tenants in common Look at what a tenant is in a legal dictionary But you don't understand But that's the public All they can give is public titles And a public title is You can only be a tenant in the public Because you're a slave in the public And slaves can't own anything So on the deed if you're a tenant But out of all the slaves You have a deed So we don't recognize that we're all slaves I am just a higher-ranking slave than you. Therefore, my slavery is non-existent. I just see yours, which is ego. We're all wrapped up in ego. I am too. I fight my ego every single day. But I know I'm a slave. I know they got me wrapped up. They don't got the trust wrapped up, though. I know that, and that's the thing. Bang, bang. When you're dealing with the legal department of, of establishments in the financial world and they're telling you that they've never seen such a sophisticated structure in their, in their, in their time since they worked there and they pop the button on you and you're doing your dance, then you understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, got, I put them on notice. I got stuff filed, so on and so forth. But check this out. They had my feet prints since I was a little boy boy. And the soles of my feet. And people wonder, yo, they put, why why they take the footprint? Because you as a living soul, you touched they your you touched their jurisdiction. 
the fake paper jurisdiction before you touch the real, the earth, the ground, the dirt. So that's how they establish some sort of claim at birth. Why? Because they, your feet touched the instrument before it touched the earth. Why? Because you're a slave. You know how, like, when you when it was in school and you had a teacher that would lick their fingers and then grab the paper and then give it to you? That's how I feel about what I just said. Like, it's repulsive. Like, ugh, you're just going to lick your fingers and put it on a paper and then hand it to me? We don't know though. I'm a, I'm a, I have a higher status as a slave than you, so I'm content with my chains because my chains are gold, and yours are iron. I knew that shit. Excuse my language, man. They they put a contract in front of me over four million dollars, man. $4 million, five years of your life, two years option. A fancy cage with the ability to really not even own it, but possess whatever I want in the moment while being a highly paid slave who entertains slaves. And I'm supposed to be content because my chains are gold and your chains are iron. And you look just like me and I'm supposed to be cool with you having to serve me and just because I'm sitting at the table that you have to serve. This dude over here feels like he can talk to me about you in a negative under negative connotation. And you look just like me. But because my chains are gold and yours are iron, I'm supposed to feel, I'm supposed to be cool with that. I ain't no house nigga. I ain't no field nigga either, though. I'd rather be uncomfortable. I'd rather have no shirt, no shoes, no socks in the rain than have to deal with that stuff, literally been in that situation. Like, man, I'm cool. Nah, not me. No. No. You ever met me, you stand next to me, you can feel it in my energy. I do not play that. All you got to do is tell me I can't. Watch me. All you got to do is really say I won't. Oops, you shouldn't have said that. I, I have a problem with authority. So, like, you, they tell me, you can't, you, sir, you can't do that. Well, you're a slave talking to me, peasant. Then I got chill, chill, ego, 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 chill, chill, ego, ego, chill, chill. Because you're my brother, you're my sister, but you're in that capacity of a slave, of a peasant. It's hard to deal with you. It's hard to give you love. It's hard, it's hard to show you what's up, man. Because you're coming at me like a peasant, man. 
30 seconds left in the broadcast. If you're online, 424-222-5250. I will go over a little bit, but I feel like I'm ranting right now. But I'm dead serious. The public is locking down. And without understanding the economics of slavery, we're all blind to our current condition, which is, oops, that's what, that's, that's what we're, we're currently in, oops. That's your condition. You don't even know it. All, you don't even know it. But, see, we're in a certain paradigm, and that dude, Ray Dalio, he did this thing on paradigm shifts. Y'all should look it up. Ray Dalio, paradigm shifts. Ray Dalio, paradigm shifts. You'll find it. I think he put it on um, LinkedIn or something. You'll find it. Read that thing and then read it again. Because, yo, everything's all good until it's not. We as human, human nature, we expect everything to be the way it was. And when it's not the way it was, we panic, we get anxious, people start tripping, start uh, uh, having contempt, uh, throwing people under the bus, murdering, raping, stealing. It's crazy. Ultimately, most people are animals. Let a nigga go three days without eating and have his daughter crying because she ain't eating and see how he's going to behave. Understand that we live around all these cats. You might be one of them. And when this stuff pop off, and how bad is it going to be? I don't know. But it's going to be crazy, yo. I'm telling you right now that this whole system is going to flip and people are going to be lost in the shuffle. And I got, you know, I have mixed feelings with, you know, this trusty training and closing the doors. Yusuf told me that I need to keep doing it. And I'm really struggling with this right now. I ain't going to sit here and talk to y'all about discharge and talk to y'all about shit that don't matter, in my opinion. Because you can't feed yourself. If you can't protect and maintain and hold on to possession-wise of what you just discharged because it's popping off right now, then it don't matter. You wasted your time. You should have been doing something else. I work hard. Today's my new year, and I'm still working. I ain't playing that, oh, you know, I'm going to go and take some time for me. Look, man. Look, man. Look, man. This stuff has changed. Every time I, I pop off some current events, look, man, and I don't cherry pick this stuff. This stuff be on the front page these days, man. The stuff they saying, like, I see what they saying. My, my guy was like, yo, ever since you really started studying this stuff like four or five years ago, Everything you say comes true. With the geopolitics, when you say the gold's finna go up, or or silver's finna go up, or or, or something's finna happen, or something, it's, it happens. Like, how do you know? Like, I I can see it now. I don't know how to tell you. And if someone asked me, yo, if you want, if I was to start with trust, and you know, I'm a beginner, where would I start? Man, I'm at the point where I don't even know. I don't even remember where I started, man. 
I started in the south of France talking to some Jewish dude telling me that I need to look and trust. Telling me my, my people create, Europeans create businesses around what we create and make money off it. And his people own the rights to what we create. That's what he told me. That's where I started with trust. Go to the south of France and holler at that dude. That thing blew my mind. I have a problem with authority. Ain't nobody finna be owning what I create. And ain't nobody else finna be creating a business around what I create and getting money off of what I create. And none of these fools helped me get this bread. So why am I have to break any of these fools off? They wouldn't even sit at the table with me. I woke up, snapped out of it. It was crazy. Paradigm shift, if you want to call it. And then moved into some, all right, man, what's really popping? What's really going on? It's trust in banking, hands down. Everybody misses it. Everybody wants to talk about free money and discharge and, and 1099 OIDs and, and all this other stuff. Everybody misses it. Nobody wants to talk about the generational wealth. Nobody wants to talk about how are these rich families perpetuating their wealth through generations. How do they do it, so? And how can I do it? I've only heard that like two or three times. Other people got into trustee training, made their donation, and felt like they had to say some sort of secret password code for me to start teaching them discharge. You know how annoying that is? Like, fam. What you, is this some sort of freaking movie, man? What the, what the, you think this is the nigga Lord of the Lord of the Trust or some shit? I get emails, people trying to sound smart. I I accept the responsibility of the of the fiduciary. Man, shut up, man. Ego, ego everywhere. Ego, ego everywhere. You're a slave. You're a slave. You have no business. Flaunting that ego in public in front of other people who are slaves because some of us know exactly what we are and we look at you for exactly what you are and you look stupid. And I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to tell you because you're stupid. You look stupid. I'm not going to argue with someone stupid and be walking around who looks at us arguing. Ain't going to tell who's stupid and who's not. I got time for that. Got other things to do. The family to raise. A last name to impose and rip, rip my name through the strands of your life. What you going to do? Nothing. Can't do nothing about it. Rip it. Y'all over here playing games and stuff, memorizing stats to some dude over here. Generations, watch. I'm supposed to respect everybody. We all equal, right? No, we're not. We do different things. We say different things. We accept different things. Yeah, I'm a slave. I'm a slave just like you. Just like you. But I recognize it. I know it. I know how we got here. I understand who Edward Bernays was. This, the, the, what is he, the nephew of Sigmund Freud, a psych- psychology dude. They studied human psychology, human physiology, human biology. They have us down to a science. This dude, Edward Bernays, went to all of the major corporations. Look him up. Edward Bernays. I think it's B-U-R-N-A-Y-S. And he showed all the corporations how to tap in 
to the human psyche to sell products. The godfather of consumerism was a nephew of one of the most prominent European psychologists known to Western European history. Wonder why you had no money? Living check to check, can barely pay our bills on time consistently. You think that's by accident? Or is that how the system is set up? You ain't supposed to have no extra money, fam. You a slave. When 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 we complaining, oh, we ain't got no money, blah, 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 blah. You think they hear us and they're being empathetic and compassionate? You're a fool. They're over there grinning and dapping each other up because, hey, it's working. They're not supposed to have any extra money. We're doing a good job. It's a game. It's a game. It's a game that's played on youth. It's a game that's played on the public. The wealthy put their money into financial endowments. Uh, An endowment with the hospital university pays forever. It will pay your family trust forever. You you die, still getting paid. Financial endowment. Next generation, still getting paid. Financial endowment. Next generation, still getting paid. Financial endowment. It is income to the estate, fam. I have an estate. The estate makes money. You ain't even got to do nothing. You ain't got to do nothing. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. The estate makes money. It's set up like that. Why? Because Grandpa Soel ripped his name through the strands of our lives. We can't get away from him. And people in the public, too, know who he is. There's a picture of him over here. He looks kind of like me. Mama said I kind of look like Grandpa Soel. Yeah, man. Holler at that. What y'all hollering at? Chanel bags and, and, and weird fanny packs. People say, oh, sometimes you seem like you look down upon people. I don't want to be that type of person. I do look down on people as far as what they do. Let me rephrase that. I look down on what people do if it's below my standards. What's wrong with that? It's discernment. I am with that or I am not with that. You can say it's arrogant. You can say I feel you you think you're better. I don't care. All that stuff makes you feel better in my opinion because you're you doing that lame dance and you don't want anyone to make you feel bad about doing your lame dance. You want to protect your little ego feelings. You're a slave. I'm a slave. My dance is colder than yours though. What? Well, you shouldn't say that. That's mean. Everybody tried. Like, I, I'm not with that. That's that new age stuff. I'm not down with doing that dance. The public is locking down. It's not a game. I ain't finna give y'all what y'all want. I'm gonna give y'all what y'all feel like y'all need because this ain't a business to me. This is a charity. And y'all need to hear that y'all slaves, man. You slaves, man. Slaves, man, and you don't want to learn. Your your teachability number is on zero because you feel like you've grown and you learned everything, and now that you're grown, you're expected to know everything, so you can't make no mistakes. So you got mad excuses for your mistakes, and you don't want no one. No one can tell you any, no critiques, no nothing. You get violent, start getting loud, yelling at people and stuff. Look, man, look at yourself in the mirror. 
it's rough. It's rough. It's rough, but it is what it is. And what are you gonna do about it? We create. I create. You can create an entity that can live forever. That is a legal person. That is not governed by legislation or statutes. Does not owe its existence to legislation or statutes. That will never be a, a slave as long as it's properly taken care of and administered and set your family up for generations. It's called trust. But you want to discharge your credit cards. Wonder why I got a certain tone of my voice when you're talking to me about how you want to discharge your credit cards. And no honor in that. I don't see no honor in that. You may think that's honorable and you're being noble and you're cool and everything's good and whatever, but your standards are not mine. We're all slaves out here. What are you doing about it? I know what I'm doing about it. What are you doing about it? I'm going to go to the phone lines, man. I don't know about you, but every time I come around my new year, I really take stock of the previous year and I really look at the next year. I can do better. I'm going to do better. I will do better. What you going to do? You want to get down? I got your back. Still your brother, man. I still love y'all. I still love you. Sometimes love got to be tough, though, right? Because, you know, some of us don't listen to our family when we out of pocket. There's really no one else that can tell me about me besides those closest to me. Because otherwise, I'm not going to listen. I don't want to hear it. Who are you? The kid rocks. But, you know, my, my brother, my sister, I listen to my brother, listen to my sister. Maybe not right away. But I definitely, definitely listen to my brother, listen to my sister. But it's time to wake up, man. It's really time to wake up. It's really time to wake up. It's really time to wake up. And I don't mean just wake up and be like, oh, I know. I'm woke. I'm conscious. Do something. Do something. Show me. How can I tell? Yo, real, real, real stuff, real stuff ain't got to be spoken on and be told, man. We already know, man. There's so many things I don't walk around saying because I don't have to. I'm woke. I'm this, I'm that, man, man. Moonwalk out of my face, man. Don't say that to, you know, them fools over there. We all over there and be cool with each other being lames. Making y'all pat each other lame back. Listen to each other run their lame mouth. With your lame excuses about why you're lame and whose fault it is that you didn't achieve anything or do anything or you know what I'm saying? Like, man, I ain't got time for that. I ain't got time for that. So many grown adults, man. I'm straight lamos. Lamos. Tell them you're a lame Man, you don't talk to me like that. And you, you disrespect me. And this is me. Like, man, you little, little child, man. Children. 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 Because we're slaves. Like, we don't recognize our own behavior. 
do we do we behave like nobles, sovereigns or whatever, you know? Or we behaving like children, minors. How are you behaving? You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna go I'm gonna go to the phone lines, man. Man, I you know, wow. I just uh I just ran my mouth. <laughs> but uh wow, man, look at the switchboard, look at y'all. I like it when I run my mouth. <laughs> oh man, look at y'all, man. I love y'all. I really do, man. If I can meet all y'all and we can chop it up, man, and kick it and you know what I'm saying? Just just, just crack jokes on, you know, somebody, man. <laughs> you know, like look at this fool walking with, with and we just sitting over there just just dying. Even if it's at someone else's expense, man, I would love to do that with all y'all. Oh, man, I love y'all, especially my regulars, man, my regulars, man. Y'all my fam, famorammers, you know what I'm saying? Let me go to these phone lines, man. Mm. I want to I holler at y'all. Like, Yusuf told me I need to keep doing trusty training, man. Like, I'm really struggling with that, man. Um, mostly because I'm a man of my word and it's already over. I mean, I'm like, I have to renege on my word, but man, Yusuf is like, if anybody, look, man, I'm struggling, man. I'm going, to, I'm done. Phone lines, man. Uh, holler at me, man. I love y'all, man. How y'all doing, man? Uh, let's do this one first. Let's do 708-4791. Peace. Which name are you calling from? Peace. Um, so I'm kind of intimidated to, to speak, you know, after. <laughs> After the things that you just said, I don't know if it's because I'm uh, convicted or what. <laughs> I, I was, I was just, I was just, I was just sister. I no, was you playing. wasn't, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have, I have, I first, I appreciate everything you're doing, and and I did send you an a email about trustee training. I need to go back and review it. I figured as long as I got in, I was safe. So we're going to uh, uh, get that wrapped up soon. At any rate, I have two questions for you. Just based on some things that you said, can you please elaborate a little bit more on how to set up the endowment? That's my first thing. And then my second thing is, how do you settle things on your own account? On your own account? What do you mean? Meaning like, I guess, on your own account rather than other people's account or for yourself rather than for someone you're working for or working with uh, to control the whole transaction? Is that like a advanced trustee? Kind of, kind of. Let me address your first question. Um, endowments. Um, I would uh-huh. definitely recommend doing research on endowment. First and foremost, though, um, these types of um, financial products are only available to public charities, private charities, or trusts. So you got to have a proper structure. But I'm going to tell y'all this. Y'all think I'm playing? Here, look. I'm going to tell y'all this. Call up your the nearest hospital or university in your area. Texas A&M. I don't care what it is. Call, call them up and tell them you'd like to speak to the donor department. All right? And then they, you won't get you won't get a hold of somebody. They, you know, they might have to call you back and say, this is such and such from the donor department. How can I help you? And you say, my name is, tell them your name. I'm the trustee 
of a trust, and we're looking for information regarding your endowments that you offer. And they will spill the beans and tell you all about endowments and how they work and what the percentages is and what they offer and all that stuff. Um, but ultimately, an endowment is, um, you know, um, hospitals and universities, they have access to special these certain types of accounts that do higher rates of returns, like 25, 30, 35, sometimes 40% returns on deposits in these accounts. Um, on the what of these accounts? So these, these financial, you know, checking accounts, you know, deposit accounts. It's just because, okay. because of the institution, you know, hospitals, universities, these are the only types of institutions that are allowed these accounts. Because they're, you know, hospitals, universities are charitable kind of, you know, they're nonprofits, um, medical and whatnot. Uh, so, what you do is an endowment is uh, a contract that is negotiated between the trustees of an estate or trust and the donor department, whereas there's a certain amount of money that is deposited into this account, and the interest on that deposit is split between the hospital university and um, the family estate or the family trust because you can negotiate the interest split because they have no vested interest in the money that's deposited because you gave it to them. So they just, they just get interest off it. And you can even designate what they use that interest for, whether it's to fund a library or African-American studies you just can't go against public policy and discriminate against age, sex, race, creed, so on. So you can't have uh, this is we going we want to do a scholarship that's only for African Americans. You can't do that because that that goes against public policy. But you you know this is how different curriculums are being taught in universities as well, is through financial endowments, uh, deanships, professorships, and chairs are funded by financial endowments. Um, but yeah, uh, it's just. Hospitals and universities have access to certain types of accounts that have certain um, rates of deposit, and they'll split the interest with uh, your trust or your estate if you make the deposit, uh, and it's, that's called in a financial endowment. Okay, and you make it recurring every year, or do you just say for the next five years, I'm going to do this? No, nah, it, it's perpetual. It's in perpetuity. So what if they go out of business? Um, usually their endowments and their, their stuff is going to be bought by another institution or, or another uh, uh, college or university. And that's why you want to typically go to, you know, a state university. You know, I'm not going to do no, what was it, National, National American University or whatever. You can't, I wouldn't do none of that. They went out of business, but... You know, those institutions that have been around, you know, education will be around forever. Um, uh, insurance will be around forever. And banking, people are always going to need to borrow money. That's going to be around forever. So, you know, if you, you, you just got to do your due diligence and, and find the, the proper institution to set up these, you know, these types of, these types of, you know, investments. Very interesting. Okay. Yeah, do your research. I got so much stuff I, I want to talk about. I just feel like people ain't even, I can't even go there because most people ain't even grasping the trust aspect. 
But like I don't I don't feel it's 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 responsible. You know, you said for, something you said something on one of your I'm sorry for interrupting your thought, but I just wanna let you know that people are listening to you. You said something in one of the last shows, I don't remember which ones, because I usually catch everything in the archive. And you said a trust, I can say it simply, it's an executed contract. <laughs> Boom. I thought that was profound. I was like, yeah, that's so simple and it's <laughs> easy to grasp. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. There's okay. ex- executed contracts and um what is it? Exoratory, exoratory contracts. I can't remember exactly how it's, how it's said, but one, you know, everything is done, and the other one, things are left to be done. So, uh, yeah, you just execute the contract. Yeah, to me, it's simple though. It's very simple to me, especially like trust administration. And, uh, What's you know, simple about that? Because that's confusing. Other people in the public are looking at you as an administrator. They're looking like they're the administrator. Well, I mean, there's their delegated administrative authority uh, by legislative, you know, um, act and and you know decree, but they have no authority over, you know, the private administration of any any you know private entity. So. That's fine. They can they can administrate. You know they're they're administering statutes and policy. You know not not the trust contract, and they can't because no state can pass any law impairing the obligation to contract. You understand, man? If once you get on the level of okay, so the the, the elite are here and they're making money, and they're they're raping and robbing. Okay, so there must exist some sort of framework that I just don't understand or see that allows them. To exist and be getting all this money, and that framework is contracts. So it's nothing that they have to sign. It's all you. Yeah, they're just not going to teach you. I ain't going to teach you. Look, if you work for me, right? Um, let's say, uh, what do we do? What do we do? We we do you you sell the gold. But I make the gold necklaces and the chains and stuff. But you sell it. You stand out there, you sell it. I can't sell like you can, but you can't make like I can. Why the hell would I teach you how to make them? I, that's that's ridiculous. I, you never smarten up a chump in business. So I'm never going to teach you what you don't know because what you don't know keeps you dependent on me. And I can make money off you. And that's the name of the game, right there. That's it. Boom. Sam. So I mean, okay. it's um. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to this over and over again. I know that. <laughs> it's it's, it's or write it down and then. And then do the research, like looking at Edward Bernays, you know, looking at dude, what did he do? What do they, what do they call him? You know what I'm saying? Like, um, look at, look at, uh, the PEA, you know, the Progressive Education Association. Look at, look at that. You know, what were they doing? What were they talking about? You know, go deeper than just Wikipedia pages. Look at, you know, uh, the general, 
Education Board and then look at when it turned over to the, the Board of Education. There was a commission uh, that Congress did on, you know, private foundations. And they were saying that, you know, not only are these men controlling their the industries and their employees, but they're able to control uh, the education educational system and social services of the nation. And this is Congress back in the 20s. The stuff didn't happen overnight. You know, we just didn't wake up in bondage. I mean, I guess we did. But the situation didn't transpire overnight. And it was, when you see it, it to me, it just lays out right in front of you and it's plain as day. And I go outside in the public looking at people differently. You know, I really do. Um, because I know this information. And I don't play around. And I, and I pay attention to, you know, I mean, it, it, look, it, my neighborhood, I'm, I'm on the buy the hood. You know, I'm on that movement, buy up your own hood. Because if you understand gentrification, the, um, the hoods eventually within like a cycle of 20 years, um, they get gentrified, which means the property values get low enough to where um, developers and um, flippers um, have incentive and can make money off of going in there, developing and flipping these properties. And it gets gentrified, and the people who live in there can't afford it, and the rents go up, and boom, now the people got to, man, we buy the hood. If we bought a hood, we would be on the receiving end of that. Instead of moving around from neighborhood to neighborhood, you know, we would, you know, start capturing wealth. 70% of um, Americans' wealth are predicated upon home ownership, property ownership. And no no one taught us, uh, you know, uh, uh, get a property class, how to buy a property. And they taught, taught us how to drive, though, so we can do deliveries and stuff. Like, if you look at it, it makes complete sense. You can see it. It's like, oh, they got me. Good job. That's, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, pull the pull the you know the curtains back a little bit. But yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, check out the show, look at it, and then you said um, your other question was, what was your other question? You said uh, you were like. My other question was about settling things on your own account. I was looking at um, some information from, I guess, the reserve and, and looking at some of those forms that they have. Um, mm-hmm. And it was saying um, that you would have to settle things on your own account. Yeah, and I you. wasn't really clear what that means. I'm thinking, I, I mean, I think it means, Okay. The United States is a corporation, it's a service corporation. And that's the difference. Right. You've got the United States Post Office, and then you've got the United States Postal Service. You know what I'm saying? There's a difference. It's a service corporation. Banks are, they offer banking services. So if you, you know, break that down, then they're, they're offering services um, that they can make money off of as an intermediary between the people and the treasury. So basically, we don't know how to interface with the treasury. We need banks to interface with the treasury on our behalf. And a lot of times, we don't even interface with the treasury because we circulate Federal Reserve notes 
which is, you know, commerce, which is Article 1, which is outside the purview of the Treasury. So, in, not, or in order to not use their reserve notes, you'd have to, we'd have to understand how to interface with the Treasury. And in order to interface with the Treasury properly doing this current monetary system, we'd have to understand how to negotiate instruments and create financial instruments and settle accounts. And that is a relationship directly with the Treasury. And that's a secure party process. You put a, a bond on file with the Treasury and, you know, set off debts against the value of that bond. Once you run out of the value of the bond, you set off so many debts and the value of the bond is depleted. You lodge another bond with the Treasury and use that. And you, now you set off and you got to keep your own books. You got to keep track. Because there's penalties and fees for being out of whack. And if you don't know how to do that, then you got to have CPAs in the banks. You know, they'll take it for you. They'll have it for you, but there's a fee for that. They charge service fees. Either goods or services. Commerce is goods or services. So, banking services. So, it's the lack of knowledge on how to interface with the treasury. I would focus on ascertaining knowledge on how to interface with the Treasury as a private citizen. There's some code. Oh, man. What code was it, man? I found it, y'all. It was in the codes, man. And it was like, what did it say? It was like procedure on how to not be a citizen and how to be a national. Oh, man. What was the code? And they were not playing. Uh, public, I think it was like public, public law 94-241 section 302 um, public, public law 94-241 section 302 any person who becomes a citizen of the United States solely by virtue of the provisions in section 301 may within six months after the effective date of that section or within six months after reaching the age of 18 years Whichever date is later, become a national but not a citizen of the United States by making a declaration under oath before any court established by the Constitution or laws of the United States or any other court of record in the Commonwealth in the form as follows. I, blank, being duly sworn, hereby declare my intention to be a national but not a citizen of the United States, period. And that's why people do the private agreement. And the private agreement, the date is on their 18th birthday, and they declare that they're going to be a national. So as a national, only nationals can interface with the Treasury. People think, I don't know about this shit. I do. I just don't talk about it. I think you used to talk about it enough, and I'm not interested in it. I'm not. I don't care. I'm not interested. I'm a creator. I'm a god. I create stuff. I'm over here worried about my creative processes and worried about, you know, some debts. If I, be, if I create enough abundance, the debts will be canceled out. You know what I'm saying? So I just I just think differently. But yeah, I mean, yep, yeah, there you go. I mean, I kind of I feel like I just broke it down. I did. Thank you. 
But you got to keep your own books. The books get out of whack. Well, if you, you know, but the thing is, it's like when you first start this, you do maybe one and maybe you do other ones also. So you got a lot of books built up. I'm talking about with the, with your with setting off debt, drawing off of a bond that you lodge with the treasury. So if you lodge a bond for a hundred million dollars, and then you set off ten million, you set off ten million, you set off eight million, you set off. Okay, how much how much you got left? And are you going to overdraft that bond? Because if you overdraft an account at the check, uh, at the bank, there's an overdraft fee. Do you know what the treasury does? And their enforcement is the Secret Service, which is federal. It's high. St- it's higher stakes, is what I'm saying. So. You want to get to know what you're doing, but you got to keep track of the bonds that you register and the value of the bonds of, of your off, with, with, that you're offsetting against. If you got a hundred, if you got a ten million dollar bond, you shouldn't try to run eleven million dollars off that same bond. The books got to be in order. You know what I'm saying? They got to. You got to have the correct books. You got to keep the correct books for the bonds that you. For, for the business that you're doing with the treasury I just ain't doing it I ain't doing it I ain't doing it Y'all, y'all can do it <laughs> I ain't doing it It makes sense It makes sense it, To me They can have all that So your thing that. is trust Versus doing that I would think that that's part of the trust You're saying that it's not The, the United States is a trust man The constitution is a trust and what we don't under, what people don't understand is your trust, you know, if you handle trusty trusty training, your trust is on par with the Constitution. Your trust is on par, equal to the United States. Boom. I get that, mind. but so when you understand that's what I'm that saying. It's on, it's on par. Why would you want to deal in a system unless you have direct benefit unequivocally for dealing with a system? And you do it in a certain manner. But if your trust can say what money is, then you can create your own instruments. Right? And now you've got to negotiate with the public on whether or not they're going to acknowledge and settle these instruments. It's just foreign currency, right? If it's trust notes, but you got to understand banking. And you got to understand trust before you understand banking. Because trust is the foundation of banking. That's why, like, I don't know. I, you know, I feel like there's two two types of people: those who learn the system and run towards it, and those who learn the system and are adverse to it and be like, man, get out of here. I'm more of the people like, man, get out of here. Get this, get, get this out of here. I don't want the notes. The I don't want the Federal Reserve notes. We are concerned about what those can get or what you can get with Federal Reserve notes and what you can get without Federal Reserve notes, which is the same thing. You can get the same exact things without Federal Reserve notes that you can get with Federal Reserve notes. You just got to be a little bit more you know, creative. I love being creative. So I'm down for that. Some people don't want to be creative. You know, I'm just going to use the notes. Use the notes. But look, man. We get our hands on those notes We convert those as quick as possible As fast as possible I don't 
I don't like it. Just, I don't like it. <laughs> I mean, you can obviously tell. Like, this whole system is it's all bad, as far as I'm concerned, because it's not ours. It's, it's not us. Okay. Well, I appreciate you giving me your time answering the questions. I'll let you get to your other college you got. Said you had your board. Oh, <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank, and thank, I'll be in contact, okay? Okay, yeah, I look forward. Thank you very much. Peace. I'm over here ranting, y'all. I apologize for my resonance. Rizzle. 385-2128. Peace. Which name were you calling from? Hey, peace, so, uh, And peace to the all foundation family. Um, so, uh, you know, I just wanted to say, man, um, I, I, shoot, I got into trustee training. It was the number one best decision that I've made in my entire life. Like, flat out. Because, um, you know, like growing up, you know, uh, growing up in the hood, you know, not having much. I knew, I always knew there, was, there had to be more life than this. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? I just knew, like you know, if there was a way that 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 I could I could take all the um the assets and the wealth that I built up and just put it into a container and pass it on, you know, without other people reaching in, I would do it in a heartbeat. Hell, lo and behold, man, all these years later, I find a foundation. Shoot, I'm 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 ready to get started as a trustee. Uh, I, I mean, shit, I don't know what I mean. I don't think there's any more I can say about that. But uh, well, in my last phone call with you, you know, in the private, you said one thing that that resonated with me to the point where I uh, I was actually flabbergasted for a second because like I was still trying to process it. Basically, you were telling me about how you know these trusts were private, and you were breaking down how you know how things work. And man, for a second, like you know, I realized like I realized how much I didn't know just from that one thing, from that one statement. I realized how I thought I was ready, but I wasn't at the time. So it prompted me to do a little soul searching, get with the family, you know, include them, and. uh you know, because, you know, I'm thinking, oh, man, I can go at this, you know, go solo and basically set everything up and then let them do the rest. But no, no, that's not how, not entirely. That's not how trust works. Because you have to have uh, trust. You have to have trust. So, um, see, I just wanted to say that much. That's, that's what's up, man. I mean, I, you know, I'm still tripping on you saying it was the best decision you made in your life. Um, I think that's I think that's probably in line with what I would say as far as when I decided to fully immerse myself in not only law because you know I had to learn law on a deeper level than I already knew in order to do what I'm doing as well as teach what I'm teaching, but also history. You know, history and law yep. are inextricably connected. 
And um, yep, absolutely. When, when you get on that level, it it is, it is life changing. It definitely is. And um, you know, you do oh, get to I you know I've been to a point where you know I thought I knew something and realized I ain't know nothing. So I can I can definitely appreciate and respect the fact that you you know you acknowledge that you know publicly. I think that you know that's a big thing. A lot of us don't want to acknowledge where we were wrong or where we fell short, and I think that's, that's some sissy stuff. But you know, I definitely honor and respect you with regards to that. And you know, I mean. You ain't seen nothing yet, man. I'm telling you. I tell you, and, you know, you talk more in the private, but there's so many things I don't say because most people aren't ready for what the thing, you know, all the stuff that I know. Can, oh, you know, absolutely. Can absolutely. I mean, and, and for, all, for all those of you who uh, happen to miss the deadline, man, all I can say, man, is, man, you, you missed out on a great thing. Now, I can't speak for so, but, like, you can try, but hey, man, this is the private, so you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? If you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying. It's the private, so, you know, shoot your shot. But, uh, um, another thing, um, oh, yeah, man. See, man, I, 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 I let fear paralyze me, too, man. I, I missed out on, you know, getting that EIN the, the, the easy way in. I don't know, man. Should I uh, shoot? Should I go see about a lawyer, or should I just uh, put it on my name get, and just let this? You can still get oh. a foreign EIN. It's just harder, you know. Yeah. Um, they're really testing you to make sure you know what you're talking about, and you you know you're at least a, 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 at least a partially studied trustee. That's what they're doing right now. But you can still get the nine eight number. You can pay someone to be a nominee and they, you know, a, a lawyer firm can obtain the EIN on your behalf and stuff like that. I mean, there's other ways around it. It's just for those of us who may be financially challenged, those are the doors that are closed. The, the, the simple money routes or the no money routes, those are the doors that are closed. And you close the, the you know, people are price sensitive. So you close those those you know low price or no price doors, you know you're closing the doors on a lot of people. You yeah, know, so, um, that makes sense. They, they're getting a they're grabbing a hold of their slaves, man. They're tightening up the chains on their slaves. Is what they're doing. Yep. But you can still you still you can still call and get a foreign EIN. I mean, trustees are still I mean, doing it. I was talking to a trustee today. You know, sometimes you just got to hang up on the fools and call back. But they punch in and do oh. a job, man, and issue EINs. You know what I'm saying? So whatever. Yeah, I got. I don't, I don't put too much stock into them fools, man. You know what I'm saying? They're slaves just like us. Yep. They just think they're better than us. They, you know, you you breeding the script, issuing EINs. You punch out, go back to. They give you a check, take out your taxes. You punch out, go go to your house where you got a mortgage. You know, you paying taxes too, fool. Yeah. We all need to recognize man. that we all slaves. Ain't none of us better than none of us, and then we can get on a level. You know what I'm saying? And when I called in, though, like, they were insisting that, you know, I, I provide them with a TIN or a, um, or SSN. And I, yeah, I call them, man. You got so, you to be – I'm firm with them fools. I, I'm I, firm with them. Like, what? You know? I'm firm with – but yeah. I know what I'm talking about. Like, 
I don't know. There's there's like, something to be said I, about confidence in the voice. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, I I, I was at like level three, so you know, I, I I was not I was not very confident. I was I, I was doubting myself, and that's probably you know, they probably sensed it. They probably picked ask, up on it. Ask to speak to their supervisors. See what happens. <laughs> see if they don't. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I need to do. I mean, but I'm, I'm a, I mean, people forget that these fools are working a job. Like, look, I need to speak to your supervisor. I don't really like the way you're talking to me. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to get an EIN, looking to do business in the United States. Look, you know, you know, facilitate commerce. I don't know, you know, I don't know. Maybe you need to be coached or something to train because you're being very hostile to me on the phone. All I'm trying to do is, you know, conduct commerce in the United States of America, the home of the exactly. free, the land of the brave. Like I'm, I'm gonna get get brolic with these fools. All right, yeah, I'm, 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 take, I'm, I'm gonna take that to heart. Yeah, straight up. Yeah, go and go. Let me, I appreciate let me talk to your manager. Let me talk to your yeah. man, your call center manager. Mm. Mm. I'm definitely gonna take that to heart. All right, so you know I'm gonna give it another try. You know, hey, but but damn man, I mean, but it makes sense though. It makes sense. They just making sure man. they making sure that um, you know. And making sure that it is what you, what you say it is, man. You know, it's a foreign entity, but it's going to be doing business in the United States. So, you know, your answers got to reflect that. But we can talk more in private. Yep. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. So uh, I can basically get with you any time uh, outside of Wednesdays, usually. Yeah, yeah. And if you catch me early on Wednesdays, I, I usually respond. All right, a, all right, you know, cool. I do yeah, yeah, I feel on you Sunday, know. and I do the show on Wednesdays, and I feel like those are the most those are the days where mo- the most people hit me up. And you know, I was thinking about, I was like, well, that's that's probably the days where people think about me is on Sundays and Wednesdays, and I'm good with that. That's fine. So, you know, on Wednesdays and Sundays, you know, if you hit me early enough, I I'll hit you, I'll talk to you because I understand where it's coming from. You know what I mean, yeah, yeah. Most people think about me in the public. Most people think about me on Wednesdays, and the private. Most people, you know, in the private, think about me on Sundays. Uh, it makes sense. I get the most contact on those days, usually. Okay. So just ca- catch me early. And, yeah, I'll holler at you. All right, for sure, for sure. I appreciate it, so. And uh, peace to the yeah. foundation family. Yeah, yeah, man. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate you calling in, man. Peace to God. Talk to you soon. Yep. Hey, my brother. All right, all right. Um, look, we got eight man. What time is it? Man, y'all just going to let me talk the whole time? I'm out of here, man. We got like eight left, eight minutes left in the stream, which means I've been talking for hours. Y'all just going to let me talk for hours? I feel embarrassed. I love y'all. I appreciate y'all, you know, checking out the show. I really do. You know, I appreciate all the well wishes. I appreciate the emails, you know. Um. You know, I appreciate the Happy New Year. I, pre- I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. I really do. That's why, you know, in some way, shape, or form, man, you know, I always want to see if I can make myself available to y'all. So, but, um, you know, I'm going to keep doing the shows every Wednesday. I'm not leaving high frequency, man. This is the team. This is the clique. You know, Yusuf, you know, he's the label man. He, you know, he's a label head. That's how I look at it. You know, he runs this stuff. And, you know, um, he casts a big shadow. I don't care. I ain't got no ego, man. I'm on the hottest network in the planet, man. And, you know, that means a lot to me. And, you know, I stay in my lane. 
And, you know, I definitely appreciate y'all, you know, showing so much love to the foundation. Uh, you know, I can't, I can't say it enough. Welcome to the foundation.com. Get your, get your information on, man. You know, y'all want to get your, get your hands on some gold affordably. Email me, admin at welcome to 